the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Thank you, Shelby, for having me. I heard that this podcast was set in New Orleans, and so I thought I would just use my my strongest southern accent. Um, just like Joseph Gordon Levitt did in the film. (laughs) Project Power. Did he have like that accent? I don't think you so. You know, it came I and don't... went. It was in various things. <laughs> I I didn't in pay the that opening close attention. In the opening scene, I, I was like, that. what is this accent? Then it continued <laughs> then it sort of faded in the background and would arrive at different points. So in <laughs> in the spirit of that, oh. I will come in and out of a oh, okay, southern okay, drawl yeah, yeah. throughout the yeah. episode. I really don't I mean, I'm I'm trying to remember a southern drawl. Like maybe it was more like broish. I don't know. You're just not he, nailing this. I think. well, okay. There's various southern accents, <laughs> and I and I may be doing the <laughs> wrong one, but you know, because I'm giving yeah. you more of a foghorn leghorn. Well, I say, I say, I yeah. do object, Senator. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, though, um, I think accents like that might have helped in a way. I it's hard to say. Something, anything else could have helped this movie. I uh, was frankly disappointed. I'll just start off with that. It was. I mean, it's done fairly well. Like, it, like it was obviously trending on Netflix's top ten. I think it was number one for at least a few days. I think um, it's number one now. Yeah. When I checked this afternoon, Project Power was number one. Yeah, it has Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's back from his, you, I don't know, whatever he was on sabbatical. But I would like to discuss Joseph Gordon-Levitt's career in fuller detail <laughs> at a later point in this episode. I know. but And it also has like 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, like a pretty... A, a 60-ish score on Metacritic. Like, people seemed okay We're with at this. a new low where we're like, 62? Oh, that's I good know. for quarantine. <laughs> Sign me up to watch this. I honestly thought, like, oh, okay. And I'd seen the clip of, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, this is the premise of the film, right? Is there's a pill on the streets that gives you five minutes of some sort of superhuman strength you don't know what it is till you take the pill but every time you take the pill it's the same power so somehow it i don't know reacts to your whatever science doesn't matter in this (laughs) but so the point is a very vague premise but it's sold on this premise alone which is that oh my gosh what if you had five minutes of superhuman something and so you don't really know anything going into it or at least i didn't and it just it was just bonkers from start to finish for me. Well, because it sort of follows a couple of different storylines yeah. where <laughs> the so the opening scene is like this drug dealer being like, sell this pill or whatever. <laughs> so you're obviously following sort of the the underground community in New Orleans as these drug dealers are selling this pill and then people are using it for various nefarious activities. Mm -hmm. But then you're also following Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is a police officer who is sort of using his power from the pill to help stop other uh, 
people. And mm-hmm. I was kind of nervous, honestly, going into this movie because I didn't know, I hadn't heard that much about it. And I was like, really? A movie about cops <laughs> who have a superpower now? Uh-uh. And the cop with the power is the hero? Like, yeah. I was like, this feels like it could get into some dicey yeah. territory. Luckily, the movie was so ludicrous that it did not get within, <laughs> uh, you know, a hundred yards of anything remotely serious yeah. or profound or distressing. But yeah, that's so, so you're sort of following the, this two, these two different Dominique Fishback, who is an actress who I think you would maybe know from the hate you give. She's sort of like uh, the best mm, friend character mm-hmm. in that. She is uh, sort of the breakout star of this movie. Mm-hmm. And she is a high school student who is kind of uh, working as, I don't know, like a drug runner sort of, but yeah. also is working on the DL with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's cop character. So they're sort of one arm. And then also you have Jamie Foxx, who is... The major. Uh, yes. Uh <laughs> He's working with the drug people, but also against the drug people. (laughs) He was a test subject, but he doesn't really know what's happening. Very confusing. I'm still not fully sure as to what exactly his character was doing in most of this. Other than he's trying to save his daughter, who's been kidnapped by the bad guys. Right. It was, um, yeah. And I think that's what was interesting, is after watching the movie, thinking, like, why did this get made it should have been redrafted at least 17 times and also how is it performing you know mediocrely well (laughs) um but most of the reviews are like oh the premise like what an interesting premise like oh it struggled with bad (laughs) acting weird choices and strange uh plot twists but the premise the premise they say and it just like to me was like okay, you can have a good premise, but that doesn't mean you want to sit through like two hours of it. And I think it was also strange because a lot of these ideas have been done in other movies that I think handled it better. Like like Jamie Foxx's whole character arc where he he was part of, he was, you know, part of an elite military arm that was first used as human testing on this and then he had a daughter who had this genetic gift suddenly because of it and so the government wanted to kidnap the daughter to do research on her it's like i mean this has been done like i remember that midnight special show movie that was about oh the love midnight special yeah. mm-hmm. and i mean even like vibes i got from like upgrade which i know you didn't like but i honestly would rather watch 10 times before i rewatch project power which is about like a guy who has a microchip who gives him sort of these uncontrollable magic powers and this one or even like chronicle which is about the teenagers who find superhuman strength like I just struggled to really find a through line with this movie that made me care. And like, yes, Dominique was great in it. And Jamie Foxx is very charismatic. But everything that happened, I was just like, what is going on? And I have huge issues with the premise itself because this whole like five minutes of superpowers, I'm calling BS. Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem useful to me, honestly. Well, uh, Okay, so <laughs> I think that no, I agree with everything you're saying. Basically, the I feel like that the premise is okay. 
what if anyone could be X-Men and then how would the cops deal with it? Which I do (laughs) feel like in that sort of a log line form is interesting. Mm -hmm. And you could take it a lot of different ways. When I... Going into this, I just sort of assumed that this movie was based on a graphic novel because I feel like there's been a lot of those that we've seen recently or like a video game or something. It has that kind of feel to it. And I think especially after watching The Old Guard, which Mm -hmm. is another like very premisey Netflix action movie that came out recently. I just sort of assume that. No, this was not based on any IP. This was based on a script that this guy Matson Tomlin wrote. And people were like, oh, this is great. Let's make this movie. Which I don't understand how that would happen because I thought this script was bad. And it's not coming from someone who is successful. Nothing. Yeah, he has yeah. Like one other writing credit. And... And he's going to, and he's the the writer for the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, which I was like, this is baffling because this is terrible. The other thing, though, that I thought was interesting is that the directors for this movie were the directors of Nerve, (laughs) the Emma Roberts movie that I think both of us sort of liked for its... Enjoyed. Uh, like, yeah. yeah, it's like campy, sort of weird. And that one, there's like an app that's sort of like a truth or dare thing. Are and if you, 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 if you, you beat the dares, yeah, then you get like points or I can't remember exactly. But it was very fun. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that going into this. So that was sort of like the vibe I was expecting. Right. And in some ways, I think it is trying to do that. But the script is just so bad. And I think ultimately it comes down to this thing of that the superpowers don't Mm. work. Mm -hmm. Like they're not good superpowers and they only last for five minutes. They have very strange repercussions. (laughs) So I don't know if we just kind of I feel like we should just sort of talk about them for a little bit because I think that they're they're so strange. So you. So you take this pill, you have five minutes of whatever the superpower is, but it's not like the superpower then like you magically have it and then it goes away. There's like very lasting repercussions of this. Like Mm, you see this mm -hmm. guy who can catch on fire. His skin is burned. One of the characters uh, can like sort of get bigger. (laughs) His skin is all wrinkly and disgusting because it's like been stretched (laughs) out and then pulled back in. Yeah. And I was like, what is going on? The people sort of have scars or uh, I don't know. So just on that level, I don't know how many people would want to take these pill because these powers like leave lasting impacts on your actual body. And then on top of that, some of the powers are basically uh, just kill you because they don't really work that well. This one woman takes the pill and her power is that she can sort of like freeze things but then it turns out that the actual power is just that she freezes so much that she yeah what was dies i was so confused by that because it happens during a a presentation like it's meant to convince this (laughs) i don't remember where she was from some south american country who's coming to see if she wants to take the drugs to her to her drug lords it was just like and so they have this woman go into this tank to take the pill and that's the thing is you don't know what you'll get for the the first time you take it and so it's like she there is this running 
thread that it's like, oh, some people just blow up instantly because they can't handle it. And so you're risking it for this presentation. Then it turns out she can freeze and they're like, oh, well, it's really cool if she's in a 200 degree room. Isn't that great? She can survive 200 degrees. It's like, when is this power going to be useful? Honestly, when? Tell me a single time this is useful. Like, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if you're in the like (laughs) desert or something. Yeah. uh, or you need to like go into a furnace and find some. I don't know. But yes, no, it makes and no this sense. This is the other thing that annoys me is like, yes, you have this Joseph Gordon Levitt character who's a cop who he's like, he cares about New Orleans, man. He was there for the flood. He, he like, well, he's gets wearing it, a Saints man. jersey. Yeah. So that's how you know. He's true New Orleans blood stock and he is there for his city. He wants to care. And Joseph Gordon Levitt himself talked about like, oh, yeah, like, I think the cop angle is difficult in these times, but I wanted to show a guy that you want cops to be like. And I was like, what the F? Like, no, thank you. This guy buys a drug illegally because he wants to, quote unquote, even the playing field. And we see this in action where he presumably takes the drug for the first time, not knowing what he will get. I think. I don't know. I think that I think that he already knew. I think okay. he's done it before in okay. the scene where he's chasing the guy yeah. who can camouflage the bank robber. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing that annoyed me the most is it's a five minute window, right? So they get to this, they get to this site of this bank robbery and they're talking to the bank security guard. And he's like, man, I don't know what happened. Just some guy. It was like being hit by a ghost. So we know, ergo, <laughs> that the guy had already started his timer of five minutes to hit this guy. And so he he robs the bank. He's invisible, but nothing he touches is invisible. He's just a naked man who's invisible. He has the bank bags full of money. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character decides to just rush in to solve it by himself and then ends up creating this havoc. And like the guy runs away and he's invisible. And so he's like running through New Orleans. He's on like the he's on the train like it's like oh chaos and more people being hurt and injured and i'm just like sitting there like it's five minutes like this has to be up soon you know what i mean also also it's like nobody uh was utilizing their power well in this (laughs) yes it's like everybody who had a power couldn't figure out like what the best way to do it i mean so this guy has camouflage the bank robber does Mm -hmm. and yes he's like naked and yes he could sneak into the bank but then he's running through the street the city with these bank bags (laughs) so you can see the bank bags like floating around what was his plan exactly yeah and he only has five minutes and even even if he bought you know 10 pills or whatever that's the thing is these cops are waiting to see the situation play out the guy would inevitably try to come out with his bank bags floating in midair you take a shot like boom it's over you know like i just (laughs) i don't get it and then joseph gordon levitt's chase ended up causing more harm because the guy ends up getting a couple shots in on these other police officers and then you find out wow joseph gordon levitt's power which is the only useful power that i saw in this film is that he can with he's bulletproof so he doesn't he doesn't even get shot he's just you know bulletproof like right but only for five minutes but i mean so the there's like a guy who has super strength. There's the Rodrigo Santoro's character who like gets bigger, sort of becomes like this Hulk like figure and then has the stretched out skin. There's a guy who has like spikes coming out of his body parts, but then he ends up dying being impaled on one of his own spikes. So, yeah. and there's the guy who 
I think his power is that he can't die within the five minutes because he's shot a couple times. But then even though he's collapsed and been out of commission for at least a minute, the bullets like leave his flesh. And so he heals or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then comes mm-hmm. back and it's like, well, how is this useful? And I also wanted to pull out a stopwatch because I'm pretty sure some of these scenes lasted longer yes, than five yes, minutes. I agree. I was like, this has been going on for a while. And some people are taking like multiple pills. It's like, where did they get <laughs> yeah. all of these? But then of yeah. course, at the end we get Jamie Foxx's character's power, which is basically just like, Wait, wait, you have to do the monologue. I'm not doing the monologue about the friggin' rainbow <laughs> shrimp or whatever it is that he got his power from. Because then supposedly it's these are all from like animals. Like that's where they yeah. came from. And I was like, well, which yeah. animal is it that can turn on fire and run around? <laughs> like I haven't seen that from anybody. Which animal is it that's bulletproof? Like I doubt it. But his power <sighs> is is he sort of turns into like a bomb. He like blows up sort of and incinerates everybody within a certain (laughs) radius but only the people that he wants to is burn up he's like hey man what do you think the most powerful animal is most people say lion but have you ever heard of the pistol shrimp (laughs) at which point i was like is this bs or is this real like is he making this up i literally thought he was bsing because he was he was in shackles and like there was a guard. And so he was trying to scare the guard. And I thought, I thought it was a joke, (laughs) but then, and this is like, I'm sorry. Like these are just uh, spoilers abounding, but that's the finale moment is that Jamie Foxx, who's scared of his own power because he is this pistol shrimp, which I guess Mm -hmm. is the most dangerous species on earth. Well, duh. I think it is more that he takes water and makes it like electric heat waves or something and i think since he's he was one of the ogs of the you know chemical or whatever that he was able to control it a little better and thus instead of just a sound wave of heat murdering people he's able to like aim literally so he he misses the good girl and kills everyone else and then i was like well why haven't you done this before you know like yeah, this would have been useful at various other points in the film. <laughs> yeah. Why are we waiting till this? But I think it's because it turns out it kills him. And so then I was like, well, is it because is it because he's done it too much or he used he like how did he know that this time would be the time that like right him, yeah because you know? like did it kill you before but then also his daughter <laughs> has a healing power but she doesn't yeah. need to take the pill for it. she just naturally has a healing yeah. power yeah. so then i was confused <laughs> you know, like are we yeah. are we in a world where there are other people with superpowers and so some no, no so some it's of because, them need this. it's because his gen his genes have been messed with through this experimentation and he had a kid after leaving that and they realized that she had the the genes within her already so she's always she's always gonna have the superpower because she's like a second generation <laughs> superhuman i don't know okay. man. yeah it, <laughs> whatever they explained that plot for sure okay <laughs> It's ve- the the whole movie is very messy and only like sort of makes sense if you squint. Otherwise, there's lots <laughs> of things that just don't track. I will say on the positive, I okay. and they think that Curious. these directors did the same thing with the movie Nerve is that they shot a lot on location. Mm-hmm. I think it would be very easy to do a movie like this and have it be a lot of green screen, 
a lot of CG. And you can tell that a lot of these scenes are shot like in real life places and not even on sound stages. Like they are actual locations. And I thought that that was really fun with Nerve because it was shot in New York. And so it was cool to see all of these different like, you know, New York locales living Mm -hmm. there. And so I do think that that was... That added a level to the like New Orleansiness of this, just yeah. that you did get to see so much of the city in the movie. So I will well, I say that, that I liked majority that majority of the budget. I think they said production was a total of eighty five million, and eighty million of that was just spent on location to film in Louisiana. So yeah, yeah, they I mean, prioritized it. <laughs> it shut. Well, I none of it apparently went to the script uh, yeah. editor. So. They took that one draft and they ran with it. I did like, I did like similarly, like I think, I think one thing that was interesting, but that just went uncultivated, I guess, is they do have this one, this character with Dominique, who I really liked. And I thought she Mm -hmm. was an interesting character. And they also spent a lot, a lot of time unexpectedly, I guess, on Jamie Foxx's relationship with her, which was nice. And just sort of this sort of, father figure approach he takes even after forcibly kidnapping her and threatening her life but they also have a lot of interesting through lines about like you know poverty and racism and the system and privilege and there's this interesting discussion but ultimately it just felt sort of out of place and I felt like the movie was trying to be sort of a more serious action drama at times but then it was also too silly to ever really pull it off and I think even the actors were confused about it because Jamie Foxx talks about like yeah it was important to me to like give this true (laughs) you know character and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like well after doing 7500 and like that serious hijacker film I wanted something more fun so I signed up for (laughs) this so it's just like it just struggled I think with the tonal imbalance and um and there was some great music and stuff and a real emphasis on black culture and all and the I mean, Dominique's character wanted to be a rapper. That was her superpower as it as it came to be. And there were interesting nuggets there that I just feel like never really flourished as much as the writer thought it did. Well, I wonder if it was a sort of push and pull between the writer and the directors because the directors are behind like Catfish, two of the paranormal activity movies and Nerve, which I think are all sort of like campy fun. And you can Mm. see that they were trying to put that at different parts. Like there's this whole sequence that's all shot in a like an abandoned amusement park. Like there are kind Mm -hmm. of fun scenes, but then I wonder if the writer wasn't trying to make it more (laughs) like gritty, sort of like a Hancock type of a movie. And if maybe those things didn't go together, I do want to talk though about this, about Dominique's uh, or what's the character's name? Um, Um, It is Robin. Robin, yeah. Robin's rapping abilities. Um, <laughs> this is something that always sort of... I I find it fascinating when movies do things like this, where you give somebody in the movie a talent that then they are going to have to replicate on screen in some way, but is also not the talent of the actual 
like right. co-star. Like I think w- this happens a lot in movies where like someone is supposedly a really good singer and then you know you have to sort of work around like is the actor also a good singer? Are you going to get it dubbed? Are we just going to sort of pretend that they're a good singer? Uh, So supposedly this character is a great freestyle rapper, which you know, like, I don't think that the actress probably is a great freestyle rapper and they're not going to get someone who is going to do that on set. Like they're clearly going to pre-write these raps, but then she's going to pretend to freestyle rap them. And I think that everybody who is watching it, like, automatically knows what that is so all of those scenes felt weird to me because you're watching someone who supposedly has a skill but like clearly it's not i don't know i am (laughs) i'm i always find that like sort of like it takes me out of it in movies where like black swan had a little bit of this too where it's like you know natalie portman can't do the ballet stuff so it's like is it her or i don't know well, and it's tough because this movie, along with similar movies, really, it's not only that she's talented, it's that, wow, she's meant to be one of the greatest of all time. It's like presented right. as like, this is going to shock and wow anyone who encounters it. And so the bar is just insanely high. And as an audience, you're already immediately critical because we're all just, you know, pessimistic, nasty people, I guess. And so... You kind of see her rapping whatever cute, but then the big moment is sort of set up in her classroom where her white teacher is like, what are you going to do with your life, basically? And she is nudged by her friends to be like, she's going to be a rapper. And he's like, well, then prove it to me. And so instantly you're just like, oh, no, like what's going to happen here? Like what's going to come out of your mouth? Like, is this going to be a powerful moment or just a cheese fest? And and it turns out to be sort of like a dream sequence where she does this powerful rap that felt half baked. I don't know. And it's like it's true. They're clever rhymes, but, you know, they're pre-written. So it just takes the power out of it because you're like, well, this isn't real, you know? And then she has to play it sort of like, oh, I'm I'm actually coming up with these on the spot, which right. obviously she isn't. <laughs> and you know that if it was real life, it wouldn't be that good. You know, like no yeah. one can come up with something that's that great on the spot. It also reminded me of um, another movie, which I th- feel like did this better and in a more believable way. Did you ever see M. Night Shyamalan's movie, The Visit? Oh, yeah. With the grandparents? Yes, where one of the kids in that movie has like a weird obsession with rap and is always like trying to, you know, is like, give me a word. I'm going to do a freestyle rap. But he's sort of bad at it. So it's so even though you also know that it's pre-written in that case, it sort of works in a more interesting way because you feel like, okay, yeah, this is what it would be like if someone was a freestyle rapper rather than, oh, this person is, you know the greatest poet that ever lived who can also come up with things just on the spot. Yeah. And I think the, the hopeless millennial dead inside me is sort of like the way, I mean, Jamie Foxx eventually learns this about her and is impressed by her skill. And he, he uses it as a father moment to be like, you really need to pursue this. And she also has a scene where she leaves school and she's like, I don't care about school. And like, I get that life is complicated and like, her mom needs healthcare and it's like, whoa, we're touching on a lot of social issues and like intersections here. But to me, I was just like, oh girl, you need a backup plan. Like, honestly, like, I don't, I don't know if it's healthy to be like, sure, shy 16 year old 
this can be your destiny. I, I don't know. And maybe that's just harsh of me and I should really support people's dreams. But I was just like, I'm no, <laughs> it had very big, like one tree hill. I'm going to be a fashion designer and I'm going to be a writer <laughs> and I'm going to be a basketball star, you know, sort of thing. And then, oh yeah. my gosh, I have, oh, I have an internship with the Rolling Stone, like yeah. that kind of a thing where anyone who is in any of those worlds in real life is like, okay, this is not how that happens. Yeah. And this is not how that works. <laughs> um, okay. We, okay. Let's talk about Joseph Gordon-Levitt now, oh, because yeah, I yeah. find this very interesting. Okay. So I was looking up his filmography because I feel like, what has he been doing? Like where he's a famous person, he's a big name, but I was like, what, what is happening? So, years, right? well, but sort of has he, that's the interesting thing. So in 2010, he has 2010 to 2012 was like a big period for him. He has Inception, 5050, Lincoln, Looper, The Dark Knight Rises. Like all of those are big sort of splashy movies. And then he gets into this weird period where I'm like, what? What is going through his mind? Because in 2013, he's in the sort of a porn addiction movie don john where he plays like mm, a new mm-hmm. jersey guido with he wrote um, it or directed it right yes yeah. with um shoot what's her name scarlett, scarlett johansson mm-hmm. then in 2014 he's in the second sin city movie but i don't think he was in the original sin city movie if i'm remembering Ooh, correctly oh yeah then in 2015 he's in a Seth Rogen comedy, I think it's Seth Rogen, The Night Before, which is like a Christmas mm-hmm. comedy, sort of, which I don't think did very well. And then The Walk, where he plays this tightrope walker who walks across the World Trade Towers, which I saw in theaters and was one of the most boring movies I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. He followed that up in 2016 with Snowden, which somehow was even more boring. That's about <laughs> Edward Snowden, and it's just, uh, you know, this like three hour long, drivelly snooze of a film and then he doesn't really do anything until this year when he comes out with the 7500 which is the pilot movie and then this Mm -hmm. and it's like for someone who has as much name brand recognition as he does and i'm assuming is getting offers to be in a lot of things i'm confused as to why he picked these projects over the last couple years like was he trying to do more prestigious things I think so. I think he was gone too long that his star power kind of faded and people weren't sure if he was a good hit. And plus, you mentioned all these movies that were kind of duds as he left the spotlight. Then he goes on this like personal journey sabbatical. Well, I get. Well, I guess maybe that's my question more is not like, why is he taking these bad films now so much as like, why? Why did he only like why since 2012 has he really not done anything that is like good in any way, <laughs> shape or form? He's done like a couple weird prestige type things yeah. and like sort of B-listy stuff. Yeah. Like wh- where did like what happened? I think. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't know. So you're saying maybe he either left because he was no longer good and he was sensitive about it or no one was offering him well, stuff? I, I, have, I don't really have a theory. I'm just like, <laughs> why does somebody who I think has been in enough good movies that they should be able to continue to be in good movies right. only be able to get these weird, fringy, sort of like bat, badly written prestige films yeah. that don't do well or Sin City 2? You know, yeah. it's like, what was there... 
nothing else that came across his table in that time period. Well, I think he's like, he couldn't have been in a Marvel movie or something (laughs) somewhere. Well, when 7,500 came out, he said that he had purposely taken time off to focus on being a father. Cause I think he had his first kid like right after his 2015 year and then his second in like 2017. And so I think he just wanted to, he says that he wanted to just focus on being a dad. I don't know. I mean, he's always been sort of that, like, I don't know, socio-politically aware guy who's very, like, like, I can believe him on one hand, but I could also see a world where he got tired of being in these duds and either got frustrated not being able to be his best and sort of walked away for a few years to see if that would help things. But I think he purposely chose to kind of bow out a little bit. Because I also don't... I, I, I guess I sort of think of him as like a good actor, but then I also don't think that he's a good actor. <laughs> like if you think about all the things that he's been successful in, they're not things that really like required him <sighs> to do very much. And the movies that he was trying to act more in, he I think he was worse. Vis-a-vis <laughs> this southern accent (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i can see i don't know if he's like ever gonna reach some sort of miraculous peak where we're like oh he deserves oscars left and right but i mean he was i enjoyed him in inception i think and like oh yeah i mean i think but i think that's (laughs) like what he should be going for more right you know yeah yeah we did recently rewatch 500 days of summer and he's purposely very annoying in that and that takes some skill i guess so congrats to him i mean 500 days of summer is truly a movie where like i feel like when it came out people sort of liked both of those characters and then over (laughs) time it's just been like no these are the two worst (laughs) humans that have ever lived together like why would we want them to be together why would we want to see them at all like no thank you he like tweets about it regularly It's like an entitled boy who thinks he should (laughs) have whatever he wants. And then like a psychotic Manny Pixie (laughs) dream girl. Oh, she's just honest. You know, she's living her life. But but she's so like weirdly quirky. You know, it's like, (laughs) no, this is not like she's weirdly quirky because he's like, what? You know who the nationals are or whatever. And she's like, yeah. I like music. You know, I don't know. We don't have to get into the 500 Days of Summer discourse. But no, Rob and I disagreed on it, too. I think he's more in your camp. I just... Well, I don't... I mean, I think that initially a lot of people were like, oh, poor Joseph Gordon-Levitt's oh, character. Yeah, yeah, he was, sure. you know, and that uh, Zoe Deschanel is like the bad person. And I don't think it's that. But I just think that both of them are sort of bad. But then also, I think that's also clouded by the fact that I find Zoe Deschanel just annoying in general life. So maybe maybe some of what I'm bringing some of her to that character, since I do feel like they are similar-ish, right. or at least the characters that she plays are all sort of the same. What if Zoe Deschanel had been the Robin character in this, and they were like, what's your power? And she's like, I can sing really folksy songs. She's like, ukulele. <laughs> I'm good at a ukulele. <laughs> yeah. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like, me too. I'm also good at the ukulele. Although I'm also I, bulletproof. I just do not. I did not hear a single accent in that movie. But I just came from Waffle House. <laughs> I'm real excited. But I also just want to talk about um, 
I mean, Jamie Foxx's whole character arc is so weird and convoluted, but he sort of is on this journey to discover the leaders of this of this whole thing. But then at the end, I realized he knew the leaders. Like, in the final showdown, he knew the woman. Like, he knew the the head CEO lady. because yeah, they'd worked together yeah, or something? Yeah, because she, again, they just didn't. He just didn't know where they he were. He didn't know where they were. So how did he... How, it just felt so weird that Jamie, who obviously has higher contacts because he was in this elite rangers group or whatever, goes down to the New Orleans cell where they've done this on multiple national... Throughout cities, so... There's other people with access, but they're based in New Orleans now, so whatever. He ends up at Newt, this drug dealer's house. And the drug dealer <laughs> I just had huge problems. Yeah, he with has this to kidnap the drug dealer's seat. cousin in order to find the <laughs> bad guys, which is like that, how hard would they be to find? Even before that, it's like this run in with Newt was the strangest moment in the whole movie for me because Newt immediately like he has no reason to not trust Jamie Foxx. Like, he doesn't know him. And Jamie... Well, Jamie Foxx broke into his... But uh, he didn't know that at first, you know? He was just oh, asking he? for advice. He was asking for, like, where to get this info. Well, Jamie Foxx had a NASA shirt on, <laughs> so maybe he thought it was government. Yeah, but then he, Jamie Foxx does break into this house that's all lit up with red light bulbs for some reason i don't know and then you open a door because well, that's an how alligator. you know it's a drug dealer drug dealers <laughs> yeah. only use red light bulbs yeah, or black lights that's their two options the rooms, and then the mm-hmm. new takes like seven of the power pills for some reason it's like what are you why are you doing yeah, this right overdoses now? on it <laughs> also his power is like he's on fire but if they put him in a tub it doesn't work uh, the whole thing sucks. i mean that's just logic it's it's fire so you can put out right fire. but like does uh you know are like other superheroes that are on fire are they like you splash some water on them and they're done yeah, is exactly. that how that works it's the like fire. is that how human torches <laughs> I don't remember. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. I just, I wish they had thought harder about this. And it is weird that this little, this dude, Matson, I don't remember his last name, um, who wrote it, had done nothing before. And now he's doing the Batman. Okay. Here's a question. I'm looking this up. Who is this person? Is he, I, because now I'm getting, Tomlin. I'm, I'm getting whiffs of, um, like he's related to somebody famous. I'm just getting you know what I mean. Of white boy, <laughs> Matt's Well, he's from Romania. Okay. Okay, he's 30 years old. Yes, he's definitely. Oh no! Matson says the ending absolutely sets up for a sequel. <laughs> oh dear, dear lord! No, that's not what we wanted. Like, okay, this is not listing that he's related to anyone famous, but he kept it quiet. I, I mean, like that's the thing. I, I can believe that people saw this and they're like, wow, what a clever idea. And I know Netflix has tried this before with Bright, which was the much blind um, uh, Will Smith sort of fairy tale cop movie. But the response to that movie was right, where it crashed and burned and people were like, this was a hot mess of a script, totally ill-conceived like world. Like, why did they think this worked right now? But that concept was original, too. And I think Netflix just wants to be on this, like, ahead of the curve almost. So I can see why they'd buy sort of an, un, you know, a script from some unknown dude and kind of run with it. Like, there's no chance this movie was ever going to make it in theaters. 
it it felt right at home on the screening site but it's crazy that it's wild that that allowed you know um Matson to just transition to writing the Batman, which is a very big, I think, project at least. Yeah, I'm looking, and it does not look like he's like from some rich place. So I don't know how he got the ability to do it. <laughs> Live your dreams, Honestly, man. You got to find your power, and you got to fight for it. Okay, and he did that. I mean, he did write these raps, which I thought were no, he didn't. Good, um, I guess on Twitter, oh. someone a famous. <laughs> Like a underground sort of famous rapper wrote them. Oh, so he didn't even write the best part of the movie. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well then never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I will say mm. is that I was looking up Dominique Fishback's uh, what she's going to be in next mm-hmm. because I thought she was really good in this and The Hate You Give, despite the fact that this was terrible. Mm-hmm. And she's in a movie with Daniel Kaluuya called Judas and the Black Messiah oh, that looks yes. very good. So I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, that is at least something to be excited. And you know, about. everyone needs somewhere to start, and I think if this movie does one good thing, it should be that Dominique gets uh, better roles. So, <laughs> how did Jamie Fox get into this movie, though? Because I guess like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's on the return. Dominique Fishbeck, obviously, like this is I think her biggest role in a movie so far. But like, I guess Jamie Fox just wanted that sweet Netflix money. Because he could have yeah. done better for himself than this. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I think everyone was just like, oh, what a cool concept. And they just signed on. It's like, oh, wow, so fun. And I think also Jamie Foxx, like, what has he been doing? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Since He was in that movie with um, uh, Brie Larson. Yeah. And uh, Michael B. Jordan. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, he I mean. He was on Death Row. Yeah. He said... Um, I'm really curious about the Matson character. I just found this interview where he was talking about how he was frustrated that no one wanted his movies. So he just sat down and was like, what's popular now? Superhero movies. So he wrote this up and it sold to Netflix. And then, like we assumed, it was, he said it evolved a lot. (laughs) What? But he said the... So maybe the script was a lot better and they ruined it? <laughs> yeah, he said they changed the tone to be a little bit more um, fun. And and so... Oh, okay. So we were right yeah. on that front yeah, then. So okay. I guess, um, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a strange, strange thing to happen, but maybe he'll become a Oscar award-winning uh, screenwriter. And it's all because... Like he wrote about in his feature film debut, you have to find your power and you have to fight for it. Okay. Well, I say, I say, I guess I could possibly do that. Um, Okay. Now, later and ever. Oh, I would just skip this one, honestly. Yeah. I think this is at the very best a later. There's other things. I mean, maybe if nothing else is coming out in the next year, (laughs) then you could circle back to this. But I think even still, there's enough TV that you could. Yeah. Handle it. So, okay. Glad we're on that same page. Um, Okay. Lightning round questions. Yeah. I was going to ask, do you have a favorite jersey that you wear to work on any given day or? You know, I am not like a huge (laughs) Maybe a graphic tee, something really clever, like a Game of Thrones reference. What am I, a nerd in (laughs) 2003? Graphic tee? I I will say this. I 
I did not go to college at Michigan State, but I grew up near Michigan State and both my parents did. So we were big like Michigan State family. So I have a lot of Michigan State apparel, especially because my parents will usually buy it for me for free. If we're, you know, if we like are down at Michigan State and go to the bookstore because they like it so much, they're like, get whatever you want. So I have a lot of like hats and things. And the thing to do when you see someone wearing Michigan State clothes is say, go green. And then the person responds with go white. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, I'm walking around the streets of New York City with my headphones on and some random stranger will just shout go green at me. (laughs) And I won't like, I'll be so confused for like a for like a second before I realized like, oh, I'm wearing the hat. Okay, let me respond. But it's like I'm listening to a podcast and it's a stranger and I'm in another world. It's just a, a haze. So that's probably <laughs> the closest time to that. But I don't yeah. know. Do you have a jersey that you wear? Oh, no, not at all. I, I would never dream of it. I think the closest you'd get is me like wearing a like the only graphic tee I own is a Taylor Swift concert T-shirt. You know, does that count? Oh, as a graphic yeah. Tea? I don't. I guess I don't know. I don't know, but parameters. that's it's a similar that's like the same yeah. <laughs> thing, you <laughs> know. Swift is my jersey. If if you're a basic guy, you're wearing around, you know, your jersey over a hoodie. <laughs> if you're a basic girl, you're wearing, you know, your Taylor Swift yeah. <laughs> concert merch. So yes. Um if you had to hide your drug money in some, you know, piece of furniture in your apartment. Where would you hide it? The girl in the movie hides it in her fake record player. Oh, man. Oh, I guess I would just hide it like in a in one of my like I'd carve out space in a book, I guess. I don't really have a lot of hiding spaces. I think I might do that or I have like a old Christmas tree ornament box in my in my closet. I could hide it in, but. I was like, could you possibly like cut a hole out somehow in your mattress and then stick it in the mattress? Everyone looks in the mattress first. Are you joking? Well, you're looking like under the mattress, but like in the mattress. <laughs> you need like to you need to value your sleep more than that. Like maybe if you have a box spring, you could do that. But then again, that's like one of the first places you'd look. I guess I don't I do I have thought about this multiple times though like you know how is especially back in the early 2000s everyone was everyone always had like a disc in a movie that they had to hide mm-hmm. they were like hiding a disc somewhere mm-hmm. and I thought the best place to hide a disc would be at like a video rental store <laughs> because you could just stick it in some DVD box somewhere and it would take someone forever to figure out which one it was and yet you know, I was like I'm clearly on to something. Oh, if yeah. I ever have to hide government plans somewhere, I'm hiding them like in an old DVD no, warehouse. You told everyone, so. Well. Awkward. Yeah. Okay, what is the last animal you encountered and how can you spin it to become a superpower? Okay, let me think about this. The last animal that I've encountered. I mean, I've seen people walking their dog. Okay, wait, no, 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 no. Actually, this is good. This is good. Okay. <laughs> I was at the beach the other day <laughs> And I am thirty mm, percent certain that I stepped on a stingray <gasps> because I stepped down. Because you know, I mean, you do that sometimes when you're at the beach. Oh. And I stepped down and I felt something weird, and then I pulled my foot foot up, and and then I put it back down, and it felt different. <laughs> so I clearly stepped on something that moved, maybe, and it felt sort of like a, yeah. uh, you know, bunchy or you know, it didn't feel like a rock or like a crab or something. You know, it felt like more squishy than yeah. that. And I don't think I stepped on a fish. Right. So 
So I so I'm therefore it was a stingray. Nice. So I guess I guess my secret power would be that I can like what shock people to death, like um yeah. uh, like the stingray that killed uh, what's his face, the Steve crocodile Irwin. hunter. Yes. That's a good superpower, I think. Yeah, it's weird. Unless that, someone yeah. touches you accidentally. <laughs> it's weird that this movie went so extreme with its superpowers because, yeah, if your argument is that you're pulling from like the animal kingdom, there's some pretty relevant things, I think, that could have made more sense and been more fun. But, alas, we got human bones breaking out of elbows and stuff. Is yours... I mean, you are hanging out with Lupe. So I'm assuming your superpower would just be like pee when you get excited. (laughs) No, it's like Lupe, my dog, bless her heart. She just sleeps 90% of the day. And when she is active, she only lasts. Oh, you know what? She only lasts about five minutes before she's tired again. So I guess maybe she's already taken the power pill and that's where she gets her energy from. But yeah, I mean, I guess the thing she does is she has a really powerful tail. So when it wags and like hits you in a sensitive spot, it hurts a lot. So I think But then didn't it break? (laughs) Or she sprained it or something? She sprained it, but that happens. Doesn't mean that most of the time it's not very strong. (laughs) (laughs) So I think there could be something there. Or she jumps, she likes to jump on people when she's excited and she's, you know, fairly hefty. So maybe maybe something in there or just being so cute that like people don't want to hurt you like maybe that's it you know if oh yeah if i was like as cute as lupe i think i could conceivably rob a bank but would you if then so here's my next question would you take a superpower Mm. if you know you could have the superpower whatever but you had just a really gross <laughs> neck for the rest of your life like it just like looked like the guy in the movie where it's just like stretched out skin just like sagging all over the place and it was just nasty and you know, everyone I who, think people who ran into you is like past that. i i don't think that's reason so you take the superpower but i will say that a five minute superpower in no way appeals to me i think it's the most useless idea i couldn't think of I mean, just imagine if you got like flight or something and then it's but like, then what do you fell. do? Yeah, exactly. It's like, right. where can you go in five Terrible. minutes? It's like, what? it's just the amount of, it just frustrates me the idea of this. And we didn't even talk about how it turns out to be the government's trying to test for free, like do free human testing. Oh, of course. It's all, it's always it's the like, government what, testing. We knew that from the beginning. This? And like, what are they gaining from this? And then they want to make it so it lasts longer, I think. But they're also just trying to sell it to these other countries. So like, what is their end game here? I don't freaking if, know. If there is one thing that I've learned from the coronavirus pandemic, <laughs> it's that the government does not know how to do anything, <laughs> let alone come up with a secret, you know, whatever yeah. virus superpower That's thing true. or whatever they can't even figure out how to do the postal <laughs> yeah. service so they don't they don't have a You're clue right. um okay rank these in which you'd rather do least to worst or most to least whatever okay. uh would you rather have to play a game of nerve mm. where you just like have to complete all the dares would you rather be haunted by paranormal ghosts, <laughs> all the paranormal activity, or would you rather have to risk it and take one of these pills and you could explode or freeze into a million mm-hmm. pieces? I think I'd most want to play nerve because I feel like I'd end up losing out before I got to the number one spot so I wouldn't have to murder anyone. So like no harm done. 
Um, is that what ha- ended up happening at the end? Yeah. That was the worst thing you'd have to do, murder someone? Yeah. Okay, well, then I'm definitely picking that as yeah. my first choice. Because that's I mean, not even some that people, bad. like, died playing because the, cause the dares true. got bigger. But I feel yeah. like I'd fade out when it's still fun, you know? Like, when you're still a drunk teen just playing dare. And then I'd rather do the superpower, and then i deal with paranormal stuff. Ugh. <sighs> I guess I would agree with that lineup. <laughs> Although... I don't know. Ghosts sort of don't. I'm I'm less worried about a ghost. Although I, I guess mean, it what are you talking about? You're I haven't living seen in paranormal, paranormal activity. activity three and four, so <laughs> I can't remember what they. Bad things happen. People die. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, what's the what statistical? It's it's we only a saw ghost. we only saw one person who took the pill explode. So that's like one out of yeah. 20. But one of them had an ugly neck, and I'd rather explode <laughs> than have that. <laughs> well, that's tough then. And you know what? Maybe you'd take the pill once and realize it wasn't for you, and then you wouldn't be that deformed, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. We'll have to get the stats on this. Yeah. We'll email Matt. Uh, do you have any other questions? <laughs> um, no. Honestly, just can't wait to just never think about this film again. Well, there's a sequel coming, baby, probably. <laughs> yeah. Get hyped. Yeah. Always something to look forward to. Are you more excited for the sequel to this or the sequel to Jurassic World? Jurassic World. Because at least I get to see the, I get to see Dr. Grant and Ian Malcolm and Ellie Sattler. So are they actually in it like extensively or is it going to be like where Ian Malcolm was in Fallen Kingdom or whatever? And he's like, well, that's why I think they're in it more because otherwise, because they're talking about it more than that. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just dreaming. (laughs) Okay, well, whatever. Um, We'll be back next week. We, I don't know what we're covering. (laughs) Tenet is on the horizon, but I don't think Tenet is here yet. So we'll see what the new Netflix movie is that we're subjected to. Or it Uh, might be, um, it might just be the new Mutants, right? Or no, that's in two weeks. Oh, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. It might be, uh, you know, Shelby, you could catch up on Big Brother. Yeah. It's. I think there's only been four episodes now, five episodes. I can't follow. So, oh, Shelby, of all the time to watch, honestly, you should watch now. It's a good season so far. There haven't been, I don't think, any, uh, you know, like racist allegations (laughs) for people in the house, which is, you know, usually that happens by now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you've got nothing else to be doing. You're rewatching old seasons of The Bachelor. You might as well be watching new season of Big Brother <laughs> and being part of the cultural conversation. We'll see. But either way, we'll be back next week. And uh, you can always find us on social media at PS You're Wrong on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, send us an email and, you know, tell us what to watch even because we're uh, clearly running out of ideas. So we're at PS You're Wrong yes. at gmail.com. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's also mm-hmm. great. Okay. Well, as I say in the <laughs> South, uh, we'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.